0: Welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, GP, and as always, I am here with Matt Wells. Hey! And with Father Chuck. Hey, what's up? And, uh, let's just just jump right into this. I've been waiting all week for this, Chuck. Okay, okay. I want to know, I want to know. Uh,
1: how's it going with Avatar? No, there's <laughs> nothing more to report other than um, there was the, – the, Stephen Lang is going to be the villain in all the sequels. But um, I will say I was having an interesting um, – uh, I was on a comment thread on Birth Movies' death, and one of the commentators on there said something. He's like, I think – he's trying to be kind of funny, I guess, or facetious. I, I don't know. But anyway, he says, I think I might be the biggest Avatar fan because I've never – he's like, I don't think I've ever met anyone – Maybe that's what he said. Maybe he didn't say his biggest avatar thing. He just said, it's like, "It's like, I've never met anyone that likes Avatar as much as I do, either in real life or online. And I said, I will see your hand and raise you that I spent two days on the Avatar Wikia and I can name many of the fauna of Pandora in both its Earth and Na'vi names. Wow. Um, plus all three names of the Banshee. And... this morning I checked my email and there was a reply to that where this guy said I will see your spend two days on your um, on the Avatar Wikia and raise you this guy and he sent me a link of a human being that is modifying his body to look like a Na'vi like he's tattooing his skin blue and having all the markings and everything put on him I I, I, look here's the thing (laughs) That ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what
0: takes you yeah. to that place, but uh, that's that Avatar Depression Syndrome, man. That's what that is.
1: I guess, man. I guess. So that's <laughs> so. Like all great trilogies, the third part is kind of a letdown. But whoops! Oh, did you ever find that game that I was telling you about? The one that didn't exist. I swear
0: there there was <laughs> talk of it. I don't know. What a... I'm imagining things. Going crazy.
1: It's like um. It's like uh. <sighs> It's like the Sinbad movie where Sinbad is a, is a genie that uh, one yeah. thinks exists but does not.
0: It's a Mandela effect. It's a Baron Steen Baron. Which,
1: yeah. by the way, when they announced that Will Smith was gonna be the genie in the live action and Aladdin, that. there was yeah. a small part of me that was like, I kinda wish they had given Sinbad that chance. <laughs> He's not doing anything these days. <laughs> It'd be pretty well, awesome. It would be a pretty awesome coda to the trilogy about Avatar if Matt chimed in and was like, "Bro, I'm also a big fan now."
2: <laughs> it's it's Matt. not gonna happen.
0: Don't hold your breath. <laughs> so not, you're not a big, fan? you don't like Avatar, Matt? I thought you were kind of no. into it. No, 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 no. no. I,
2: I will say that I. Do you have a steel case DVD? I should have, I should have watched watched it again.
1: I, Do you I own it? Do you I'm own a steel case game. Blu-ray of that?
2: No. I am the proud not owner of any (laughs) avatar.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm disappointed that the MMO doesn't exist. Me too. uh, Because I I was really excited to see what you would have discovered, Chuck.
1: Would have been awesome if I came on and I was like, yeah, so uh, I've been playing for three days. I'm level 50. Um, (laughs) I I think I might be the only non NPC on the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's enough of that. Uh, yes, Thank you, uh, Chuck, for that epic uh, three-parter. Hey, although we should just let's do thank like...
1: James Cameron <laughs> <laughs> let's Let's take
0: James Canyon Canyon. Let's think James Cameron. Let's James, think James Sam... Canyon
1: directs different kinds of movies JP. <laughs> let's think <laughs> Sam
0: uh, uh, Sam Worthington. Worthington, let's thank Sam Think Sam Worthington Jake Sully himself <laughs> oh lord well now that we're done with that uh, <laughs> listeners you're listen- if you've been listening you know that this is our third part in our, our, our very not very creatively titled creator series and uh, last week I announced that this week we'll be doing Steven Spielberg uh, two weeks after I had said I was definitely not doing Steven Spielberg,
1: he gave us a M Night Shyamalan esque twist about <laughs> Steven Spielberg.
0: I did a I did a Christopher Nolan says Robin won't be in the movies uh, twist.
1: No, because that would be like we're actually going to talk about uh, uh, we're going to actually why? talk about um, the guy who, the why? guy who direct the, the guy who air quote directed Poltergeist.
2: Guys, can we make a pact as a podcast? Yeah, can we never bring up that movie again?
1: <laughs> we're still recording, right? What movie?
2: The 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 third Batman movie oh. that you're oh. forcing me to Dark acknowledge Heart. the Dark existence Heart. of again when I just said we're gonna never bring it up again.
1: Here's a question for you, Matt. Dark Knight rises. That's a good movie, man. <laughs> what would you rather watch? If you if you only had two movies if the, uh, of the two movies and these are the only ones you could ever watch again, would you watch The Dark Knight Rises? Or Batman Sorry. v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Okay,
0: uh, what did I just walk into? Uh,
2: a horrible, horrible question.
1: <laughs> I gave him a Sophie's choice between the Dark Knight Rises and Batman v. Superman.
2: Oh Dark Knight Rises.
0: Are we, are we choosing which one to watch?
1: Yeah, if you uh, no no no. Like if it was that was it. Like you like you could only watch one and nothing else ever again. Like you only have okay. one movie left.
0: Dark Knight Rises, because even though it's a bad movie, at least it's an interesting movie
2: the the blank TV screen because I would never turn it on ever again.
1: I will. I will. I will. I will. You you do not think Batman vs Superman is at all interesting? I find it incredibly boring. Okay.
0: (laughs) And no. Let's talk about your. Let's talk about this. Steven Spielberg. Hey wait. Hey wait. Hey wait. I
2: I said on this podcast that I watched the the extended version of Batman v Superman. And I couldn't even tell you what's different. I'm not sure anything is, but um, but I didn't hate it the second viewing. So I, I will give you that. I I did not hate the movie the second time. Um, I still don't like it, but my anger and hatred toward it was gone. So I, I can I can give it that. At can least. we
1: can we do like a, can we do an episode where it's just Father Father Chuck um, defends his terrible movie taste against you guys. <laughs>
2: Isn't that, <laughs> that, every, episode? that is every episode? <laughs> um, I guess every episode.
0: I mean, man. I think it would be interesting to talk about all the all the movies you think are underrated because I, I find that to be interesting. I think the only one that I don't, I really, don't, I think the only one that really irritates me is is, is Batman vs Superman. That's the only one out of all the ones that you like that everybody else doesn't like. Uh, Tron Legacy i mean i haven't i i chuck i have not seen that movie in like 10 years (laughs) so i don't even know
1: can i point out that i managed to bring up both of these movies on a pretty regular basis on this podcast i'm willing to bet that 50 at least that maybe about 50 episodes of this podcast i mentioned one of those movies in 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 there
2: yeah yeah when that's why we and that's why we lose a listener every week yeah (laughs) that's probably why we're gonna gain them back tonight baby Yes, we are because we're talking
0: about the, the greatest living filmmaker, Steven Spielberg. And um, I don't think he needs an introduction. Also, because we're really short on time. <laughs> <laughs> you know who he is. You know who the man is. Uh, Chuck, do you do you know who Steven Spielberg is? Matt, uh, do you?
1: He directed a little TV movie called Duel, right? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's who we're talking. We're talking about Steven Spielberg. Um,
1: Director of Duel. All
2: right, JP. Yeah. I, I want I want you I want you to name every one of his movies.
0: Every one of his movies are we every one of t- them. our TV movies?
2: All of them. Just go. Uh,
0: well, there's Duel, uh, Something Evil, Savage, Sugarland Express. Um, I may have skipped one in there somewhere. His TV movies are kind of iffy uh sugarland express i think he did did he do jaws after sugarland express i'm pretty sure he did jaws at that that's when he like really broke out i think uh jaws i mean do i have to go in order <laughs> are we doing a filmography like
2: just name movies man I'm, don't make this more difficult i'm, I'm, than I'm needs already, to be. I'm already okay. disappointed at how long it's taking you
0: oh, You yeah, know exactly uh, well, because the 70s are, are, are muddy for me. I'm just now learning about them. His TV the 70s are
1: muddy for a lot of people. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Jaws. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, E.T., The Color Purple. Are we counting Poltergeist? We're going to count Poltergeist.
1: He did Poltergeist.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, I say Color Purple. Uh, Always. Hook. uh uh, uh, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. Um, oh, what came after Schindler's List? Was it the, the Lost, Lost World? World? Lost World, Amistad.
1: You forgot. <sighs> you, you've already forgotten Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade. <laughs> Crap.
0: Crap. Uh, yeah, those movies. Um, and, and yeah. ladies and gentlemen, my childhood. Uh, Jurassic. Yeah, Jurassic Park is in there too. At Save Sabre Private Ryan, and then um, that's when people think he stops being interesting, but I disagree. <clears throat> then artificial AI, artificial intelligence, and then Minority Report, and then um, I'm I'm keep I'm going to keep going, guys.
1: Yeah, that's Minority what I want report, you to do.
0: Minority Report. Oh gosh, Minority Report. What year, ago. What year was Minority Report? 2002. 2002. Right. And then he did War of the Worlds. After that, no, 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 no. Minority Report, then Catch Me If You Can, then War of the Worlds, and then uh, Munich. Oh, such a good movie, you guys. Munich. It was 2005, 2006. 2006. Munich.
1: And then... Did you say Amistad? Did you forget Amistad? Yes. I already said said
0: Amistad. I said Amistad, fool. Um, See, this is kind of where I I, I admittedly kind of stopped following him a little bit. I think he did War Horse. I think... Still haven't seen that movie. Um, and then did some Tintin movie, and then I don't know Lincoln. Um, uh, yeah, there we go.
1: I mean, you—if it weren't for me, you would not have noted Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Come on, man! Yeah, I think you mean Last Crusade. That's what I mean. You're,
2: you're, aren't aren't you missing oh. one big one?
0: I'm, oh my I'm gosh! King of the Crystal Skull. Aren't, yes, aren't
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> aren't you missing? Aren't you missing one really big one? Am I? Another childhood favorite.
0: I mean, I don't know. Am I? What, from e- from
2: what? Like, what? Oh, like ET. E-T? He I said, said E-T. ET. He said ET. Oh, did you? I didn't hear it.
1: Yeah, I said ET. <laughs> okay,
2: my bad. My bad.
1: Oh, you also forgot his contribution to the Twilight Zone movie.
0: Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Good movie. Honestly, I think he tries to forget about it too.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Look look it up on Google. Look it up on Google.
0: Uh, Yeah. Look up Twilight Zone movie controversy.
1: Um, Let's, let's do, let's do a little kind of an invert version of what you did for us. Um, Okay. You might have kind of already answered this last, um, last episode, but why, why did you pick Steven Spielberg as your creator?
0: Because I believe that he is our greatest living filmmaker, and might be at least on this side of the world one of the top five greatest filmmakers of all time.
2: Oh, if right? you if if you enact the the pop culture profit curse on this episode, um, this episode <laughs> oh this episode is to be deleted from existence forever. Just for the record,
0: I was uh, I, what's really weird today. I was thinking today, like. I actually asked myself, what if Steven Spielberg dies soon? Like, how will I react to that? You may not hear from me for a while when that happens. (sighs) If that happens, um, if I, I chose this because I, I, I think he is the greatest filmmaker of our time. I think he's one of the best filmmakers of all time. And I, and he has, his influence is astronomical. Um, I think that he has influenced everyone who has ever watched a movie. And I think as a creator, I don't think there are any creators like him in cinema because he really only directs. When it comes down to it, he's not one of these. He's not like M.I. Shyamalan or Quentin Tarantino where like they have to have be like literally authoritative where they're writing the screenplay and directing and you know over everything. He does have a hand in everything as you're supposed to as a filmmaker but he would still say i am a director and i think that's unique and i think it's wonderful uh because he's because of that he's helped out a lot of other people you know writers and stuff well and, editors
1: and it's as you listening, as you're going through the list of his movies it made me realize how like diverse they can be because he goes from oh, yeah. he goes from something like war of the worlds to munich Oh yeah. 10 10 to Lincoln. Right. <laughs> it's just so it's yeah, so and that, jarring. And and it's almost cuz it's not it's not like, you know, like Wes Anderson or Scorsese or something where there's clearly there's a certain kind of movie that you expect them to make. Spielberg right. is a bit of a grab bag. I mean, yeah. he's kind of he's worked in literally every single genre.
0: Just about uh except for anime i guess <laughs> um and actually i don't think he's made a documentary hmm. don't think he's done that that'd be interesting
1: yeah, he's probably produced um, one but he's not been in um he's also probably not done like a straight just straight action film
0: i don't know i think i think he would say raiders is a straight action film at least for that time no, that's true uh um but uh <clears throat> what was i going to say uh, but yeah, that, that's also another reason why I, I why I love him so much is because he he is such a grab bag, But that is part of who he is, in that he has that classical style of filmmaking. You know, old directors from from back in the day, they didn't just do like one kind of movie. They did tons of different kinds of movies. You know, you have your Howard Hawks and your John, and H- not John Hughes, um, John Houston, who just made like a bunch of different films. Not just like one week. Like, see, you look at a screenshot. Like, oh, that's a John Huston movie. No, like, you know, they're all very different and very unique. And
1: it's it's kind of interesting to me. And you'll probably disagree with me on this, maybe. But I, it's interesting to me that he's so celebrated for this kind of thing, whereas other directors that are similar to him are sort of criticized. You know, I'm thinking of like your Ron Howards and your Robert Zemeckis, who Mm -hmm. they're just. They just direct movies. They're not, and, and it's like the same, like same kind of thing. Like, they're not, you don't necessarily walk into a Ron Howard movie and it's like, oh, this is a Ron Howard movie. Or, like, right. Robert Zemeckis, like, oh, there's, there's the stamp of, you know, there's the Robert Zemeckis stamp. Or, you know, it's, but people look at them as sort of, sort of like, I guess, trying to be Spielberg. I don't know. It's sort of a, it's an interesting thing right. to me when, I, when, I've inter, when I've seen on movie blogs and stuff, the way they respond to these other directors that, to me, are kind of in... Spielberg's wheelhouse
0: a little bit, but I think the difference is that Spielberg and I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but Spielberg is just a better filmmaker period from a technical standpoint. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, you I'm you not trying,
1: I'm not trying to say that, yeah. that it, he, that, that like Zemeckis is just as good as him or something, but I'm just saying that that, he, that, could, be he,
0: uh-huh. he, he uh, could be if he tried, he
1: could be, if he tried. Can we just take a brief moment since we're talking about Zemeckis, just to acknowledge just how wonderful back to the future is. Oh, it totally is. And how v- yeah. <laughs> that to me feels like it should be a Spielberg film.
0: Oh, well he produced it. I mean he has a he had yeah. a large hand in it, you know, so that
1: uh, and Goonies, right? I mean that was but, also yeah. there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in Gremlins and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um so Matthew. But yeah, that's that's sort of the why I chose him, was because of his influence and he's just he's a, he's a, he's a giant and he has influenced me greatly. Uh, even like without even, I mean, in ways I probably don't even know. And to me, he is like, I don't use this term, I I don't like the whole like, oh, he was born to be a filmmaker whole thing, because I don't really believe in that. But I I think if you're going to make a case for someone who was born to be something, like a filmmaker who, who is born naturally in cinema, it's Steven Spielberg. Because I think that he does things so well, he doesn't even know what he's doing. (laughs) You know, that's how good I think he is. Anyway, that's the why.
1: Okay. What have you watched to prepare yourself for this episode?
0: I watched two movies, Chuck. The first one is extremely obvious, and I watched it because, to me, it is definitively Spielberg. And I don't think there will ever be a more Spielberg Spielberg movie. Uh, And that's E.T. Okay. I watched it today, and I cried. Like I do every time I watch that stupid movie, I try. I, I tell myself I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to do it, and it always happens at the very end of the stupid movie. <clears throat> um, and the other one was uh, I actually didn't get to finish it, unfortunately. Uh, it's a movie called Something Evil. Uh, it's his second uh, TV movie. It's actually a horror movie that was made uh, to kind of, kind of capitalize on uh the exorcist which is kind of getting famous at the time and before the movie by the way uh it was when the book was becoming popular and they decided to make a movie about demonic possession and they got Spielberg to direct it and also a lot of borrowing from Rosemary's Baby and stuff and uh it's interesting because even back then uh, he still incorporates a lot of technique uh, he used way back in 1974 or so, 73 or 74 or something a long time ago uh, so those are the two movies I watched to repair. And um, E.T., you know, I, I don't know what I can really say except that, um, you know, when I first watched the movie, when I first discovered it, I was, I had to have been like five years old and I was rummaging through a stack of VHS tapes that did not have their boxes. <laughs> They're just black plastic t- stacked on top of black pa- plastic. And one day as a little kid, I was just kind of rummaging through them. And I found this one that stuck out to me, and it stuck out because it had the the um, the heads were green. Uh, you know, most heads on yeah. VHS were white. And I turn it over, and you just see two little letters that say ET. And I decided to watch it, and I was like obsessed. Uh, mostly, and I think the music has a lot to do oh, with, dude why that movie is so wonderful. Most movies that John Williams has scored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is a huge reason why, like I think a lot of movies are great. Um, and uh, the whole movie, you know, he made that because it is about, it's, it's about a kid dealing with divorce and then this alien comes in, and like the, he kind of, in a way, sort of metaphorically represents like the missing, his missing father figure in which a way, was, even though
1: he's which was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I know there is that one shot where he's in the van, right, and he's like covered, like he always looks like he has like a white robe on. And yeah, there's all this fog and he's glowing. he's like okay, that's totally like a Christ image.
1: Yeah, so the boy was uh, the, the boy was missing a relationship with his personal Lord and Savior, and that's what would have <laughs> fixed everything in his life.
0: And then he ascended into heaven.
1: And (laughs) And you see the T, the T looks like a cross, JP. It's, it's all connected. (sighs) It's all there. Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, but
0: you know what I, what I love so much about E.T. Um, I don't even know where to begin and why I chose it for this is because, like I said, it is definitively Spielberg. And this movie, he has said that it's his first personal film. And because of the success of his of this movie that was so personal to him, he had the courage to make other personal movies like uh, Schindler's List. Like he even he he credits E. T. for Schindler's List himself personally. He's like I, I would have he said I would never done Schindler's if I hadn't done an E. T. Interesting. Um, and it's personal because it's about divorce and you know his parents were divorced and he was very young, around the same age as Elliot in the movie, and had had a significant impact on him when he was at when he was at that age. Huh. And um, you know, and, and you can see so much of like the love in, in the kids in the movie. You know, a lot of the adults are shot from like the waist down, which is kind of interesting.
1: Like a peanuts kind um, of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. With the exception of like Elliot's mom and uh, who also, and, and also a character who actually might be my favorite antagonist in movies. And, I, and I, say, I use the word antagonist very carefully because he's not really a villain. He's called, he's referred to as Keys in the script and in, and on, in the credits. He's sort of he's he's the antagonist. He's going after ET, but he's not really a villain. He's not a bad guy. He's just kind of doing his job, right? And he's also he said himself, like he he loves ET. He's and the, uh, he's talking to Elliot in a scene, and he says, um, "I'm glad he met you first You know, I thought I think that's really touching. It's really interesting. And uh, Spielberg himself has even said there are no villains in ET, just like there are no villains in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And what's interesting about Close Encounters with her Kind is uh, a legendary director is in that movie named François Truffaut. He came. He coined the oh, he didn't coin it, but he helped coin the term the auteur theory. Mm-hmm. He's a film critic and a filmmaker. Made a movie called 400 Blows, which is legendary. Uh, and uh, look it up, kids. It's a good movie. <laughs> An old black and white French film. You'll love it. Um, anyway, he was working on Close Encounters with Steven Spielberg noticed him directing the children in the movie. And he's like, Steven, you, 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 get, you get along with children so well. Why don't you make a movie about kids? And uh, that sort of was part of the spark for E.T.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so Matthew... Yes. Uh, since we're all here to talk about Spielberg, um, wh- I, I know your schedule did not allow you to really delve, in, delve into the filmography of the beard. Um, but when we're talking about Spielberg, is there, is there any, anything of, of his that he has touched, that he has made that, um, that you want to talk about as a creator? Yes, he,
2: yes, he ruined my life. Ooh. <laughs> why? How did he ruin your life? Oh, come on. You all know how he ruined my life. Indiana Jones he, and Crystal Skull? He, 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 yes. Um, no, he <laughs> single-handedly is, oh, is, is responsible for Jaws. the greatest horror movie in the history of all movies. Um, and he has ruined my life with Jaws. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, I... Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go to a beach. I can't hang out with my kids and swim in the water. Um... It's, my wife loves the beach, and I hate going there, and it causes her to get upset, and it's all his fault. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, he ruined my life. He, he is mean. Um, he he still Matt, haunts me to this day. I'm
1: gonna take a moment here. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say you you, you gotta face your fears, brother. Mm-hmm. I've been actively yeah, no. trying. I've been actively trying to do that myself. Um, um, I I you know I I, I rode the banshee at Disney, and that helped me deal with the, my fear of falling. Do we? But, we to bring uh, Avatar into this. Hey, this is a brief moment. But the other thing was, uh, the, 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 you know, Matt, what I am completely
2: petrified by, right? What's
1: up? Cockroaches.
2: Terrifying. Oh, yeah, them. I know. I hate roaches. Roaches <laughs> are barely, barely, barely second to sharks.
1: Yeah. You guys are weird. So, so I've been trying to challenge myself to get over certain fears of mine. And we may cut this because this is kind of gross, maybe. Um, but there was there was a roach that was, it, it managed to get into my house the other day, and I killed it barehanded. Like I barehanded that bad boy. Pow! Ew. And like there was a, like a couple years ago, I would have been like crying in the corner over the fact that it was just in the house. So I'm you know you gotta make those <laughs> steps, man. You gotta you gotta challenge yourself in this. You gotta you can't let the fear control you. <clears throat> right. Your wife likes the beach. You need to be able to go to the beach with your wife.
2: Yeah. No. See, shark. It's an easy fear to manage. Um, don't swim in the ocean. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the <end>. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so, ja, so jaws ruined your life. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What else? What 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 is? What, what is affirmed your life? From you see? Yeah.
2: Light? Yeah. 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 You see? This this man confuses me. And I should also say that he is responsible probably for all sorts of issues I'm not even aware I have. Because <laughs> the same the same man who destroyed my life also influenced it positively in so many ways. Um, with things like Indiana Jones, um, that was probably like 90% of my younger childhood. Um, and then probably something like 99.99999% of my... Mid childhood would be Jurassic Park. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Um, so wow. he he, yeah he makes no sense to me. I, I don't <laughs> I don't get it. I I I hate him when I'm at the beach, and I love him every other time. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, I don't get it. Well, you know, it's so
0: what Spielberg is is so great at. Devin Ferrucci has said this in one of his articles about him: is that he captures two emotions that make us feel like children, and it's wonder and terror.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, we can I look at
0: both as children when we watch his movies.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess that puts it well. Yeah, he just makes me feel like a child. There you go. That's great. So he <laughs> just that's that's fantastic. Well, I'm gonna, um, yeah. but no, I mean he he terrified me. I can't swim. Pools even scare me because I start getting this uh, this irrational fear of what's underneath the water that's going to tug on my feet um, because of his stinking movie. But then. Like with Indiana Jones, I mean, as far as as far as a fictional work of art can go, I mean, what else influenced you as far as when you were younger, uh, like your view of what a man was? uh, I I think Indiana Jones, like he 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 fought Um, people and he 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 fought against the like i mean he fought against nazis he literally fought against like the worst people on earth um he stood up for everybody else like i I don't know it's indiana jones he's brave he um as far as like as far as movies go back in that time period um, with uh, like even the the women characters, the way he interacted with them. It, I mean, you all know how I feel about James Bond, but James yeah. Bond is not going to um, hold quite the same level on how Indiana Jones interacted with a woman compared <laughs> to how James Bond interacts with a woman. It's um, really funny because I, I think
0: Indiana Jones, as cool as he is, he's really kind of not also. Because like, yeah. he, most of the time he's kind of a goof. He's a professor, but, like, whenever he's – when he is being manly and, like, badass, he's also, like, kind of stumbling his way through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and with and with women, he's kind of posturing a little bit.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I got to – when I think of Spielberg um, – are you done, Matt? I'm sorry. I don't want to, like, just shut you down.
2: No, I mean, if you let me keep going, I'll talk for the next three hours about Jurassic Park. well, so that was you should, a, you should probably interrupt and and go for it.
1: Yeah, so that's what, I'm going to talk about a couple of things about Spielberg in particular, and and it's, it would be so easy to get bogged down in certain movies of his. Um, yeah. What I want to do is talk about him as a creator, just from my own perspective of things that, of two things that I'm really amazed by with him. Well, one, it's brief. I'll just say when I saw Lincoln um the one of the opening sequences of Leakin is is the as i believe the battle of gettysburg right um or it's been it's, a while but i think so i mean but it's it's a it's it's a battle that, de- that demonstrated how much of the civil war was actually fought with bayonets and it made the civil war a really ugly war uh, yeah. in just a little like 30 second shot um which i thought was really remarkable because i you know we 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 we, we don't we we tend to downplay in cinema how really gruesome and awful the Civil War was, um, right. I think. But um, but th- that's an aside. But I-, I will say that Spielberg knows how to create such an immersive film experience. I mean, when they, when, when they did that redo with Jurassic Park in 3D a few years ago, I was amazed at how well that movie still stands up. Oh, yeah. Um, and how the T-Rex sequence still... <sighs> is scary. It is so good. It is so like harrowing and scary. It doesn't matter that I've seen it 50 times. I still am on the edge of my seat, but I'm using that to lead into one of his lesser, uh, one of his lesser rated films, but was one of the most intense cinema going experiences of my entire life. And I think JP knows where I might be going with this because we saw it together and we were all three of us, all three of us saw it together and we were all cigarette smokers at the time. And we were heavy cigarette cigarette smokers (laughs) afterward was, um, (laughs) was uh, war of the worlds. And how he could he could make a sound effect terrifying. The you know the yeah. sound effect of the tripod. I hated it. Uh, <laughs> even now, like but... I, I, a few years ago, I watched a movie with Kana, and I was we watched it in the we, we were house sitting for some people, and it was like we were in the basement of this house, and it was just completely horrifying. Just every time <laughs> I was like like clamming up when I heard the sound, of the tripod. Yeah.
0: I know, yeah, I remember. I were watching it. The, the three of us and some of our other friends went into it. I don't think we were expecting that either. No, like because I think the critical reception at the time was kind of was kind of cold. Yeah, and we were just kind of going like, okay, you know, Spielberg, Tom Cruise, War of the Worlds. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. And then I just remember being like, stop the roller coaster now, please,
1: because <laughs> the movie does not let up.
0: Not at all. And I think a lot of people were really pissed off by the happy ending. And I'm like, how nihilistic do you have to be to think that movie didn't deserve a happy ending? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, yeah. War of the Worlds is a terrific movie and a very underrated movie. You know, War of the Worlds came out in a period in Steelworks career that uh, people are very confused by because um, it's a very dark period. And I think I don't think there's a coincidence that it was like post 9-11.
1: Right. You know, I think it has a lot to do with it. Cool, and it plays off of 9-11 imagery. I mean, people walking around covered in ash at one point where it's the ash of people. Yeah. I mean, I think he's clearly drawing on that stuff, but not in an exploitative way. It wasn't like um, – like people didn't really seem to get that upset by it the way they did with, say, Cloverfield. Right, yeah. Um, but um, I also have to say, too, just as a final note, I, I also appreciate – his sort of trash cinema. Um, and I, what I think <laughs> I specifically hear is Hook. Um, oh, gosh. I know people, like, really dislike that movie. I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's not on the level of, like... Did he do Syriana? No, he didn't do Syriana. No. Sorry. It's not on the level of, like, you know... Munich. Munich or... or... Um, or uh, uh, Schindler's List or something, obviously. But, you know... It and it's and it or even E. T. Um, but I don't know. It's I mean it's it's been pretty it, to me. It's a it's a fairly de- it, it's been definitive in the Peter Pan mythos, and it's you know it's I, I don't know. Like I I mean to this day like I still can think of like Bangerang or when I...
0: <laughs> I I mean
2: I will say when I saw it as a kid I I was like obsessed with it totally. I I still I still love Hook. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you. I I actually I actually saw it not too long ago, maybe a year ago. I still love Hug. Yeah, I don't get the hate for Hook. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you
2: know,
0: I I, I just it doesn't. Uh, it's you know, it's a it, it's it's very much like a kids movie, and uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. You have to admit, it doesn't do it. For, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm not saying it's a bad movie because I think I don't because I I don't think he's capable of making bad movies. Uh, I think he just makes movies that oh, every, every now and then people won't like.
1: <laughs> Can I say really quick that I to Matt it just dawned on me as you were talking about being how he ruined your childhood and made you afraid of of sharks. Mm-hmm. I actually now that I think about it, I think he's responsible for making me afraid of aliens, with close encounters. <laughs> because I have it's funny because they're not scary in inliz encounters <laughs> There's that scene where they abduct well, I mean, that child that's true yeah that the abduction scene is scary yeah and I when I, I remember watching that movie it was on TV like in an afternoon like a Sunday afternoon or something before like we were going back to church or whatever and I remember I was napping I'm just watching it and the sequence where like the red light is coming out of the floor grates and like the screws start coming up And yeah. we had those in my house we had because I had trailers <laughs> we had floor grates and I I was legit creeped out. And then the scene where the beautiful shot where the mother runs out of the house and she's—you see that like on the clouds, yeah. Um, but like, anyway, I think I think that 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 sequence right there is why I'm terrified of aliens.
0: That is an intense sequence, and it reminds me of how ET was actually supposed to be a whole lot scarier. Right. Uh, it was supposed to be a. Uh, a movie called Night Skies and it was supposed to be about a family being terrorized by a group of aliens but one of the aliens was named Buddy and was a nice one and was kind of befriended the little boy in the family and he was just like well why don't I just focus on this little kid and the alien and make a movie about that and then yeah. the rest of the script kind of became Poltergeist
1: oh okay because it also sounds like part of it could have also been Gremlins
0: yeah I think that's also part of it too I think that was also part of it like I think a lot of his work kind of Fragmented that way,
2: yeah. Those are um, two two great movies, by the way. So okay, so you, and gremlins. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. So great guys.
1: Yeah. So since I'm kind of I've kind of taken on the the, the 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 moderator role right now, um, okay. what do you guys think of his? What do you guys want to say about maybe his some of his produ- producing stuff? Like in my mind, I'm thinking of Animaniacs. Yeah. Um, like things like that that like are they're part of they're part of Spielberg, but they're not the first thing that comes to mind. But they, I mean, I think like Animaniacs is still like I mean that's groundbreaking. That was groundbreaking television. I mean, I haven't
0: really revisited since I've been an adult. I have no idea. I remember a kid. I loved Animaniacs. Watched it every day after school. Um, producing like I think even the first Transformers movie is probably good because he he was attached to it.
1: That's you know? true. that's true.
0: Um, I also, you know, you, like we were just saying, like Gremlins and Back to the Future. Uh, those are Amblin Films, which is his company. Um, and um, what else is it like? Yeah. Gremlins, uh, Goonies, Back to the Future, um, <laughs> Poltergeist, which I don't know. He directed. We're, we're saying he directed. One. Um, I don't know. Those are the ones that kind of come to my mind. That he had his hand in and his influence, and they're they're still great and still timeless. Um, what about you, Matt?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I have a harder time trying to think of a movie <laughs> that I absolutely love that he wasn't attached to. <laughs> Actually,
0: you know what? Uh, Masca Zorro is something he produced as well. That's a kind of an underrated
1: action summer movie that came yeah, out. Yeah, the years sequel
2: ago. is awful. Yeah, it's really bad.
1: But the, the first one was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I, I honestly did not remember there was a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um, I guess I guess I'm like flipping through. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm like cheating and looking through his movies that he was producer on. He's produced a lot of movies. There's just like a billion movies. His but what a, what I mean. A,
1: one of my favorite lines that i've read about him from his producer role is um was from the first trans or from the transformers because he's had his name attached to like almost all of them um he was interviewed once about the transformers movie and that's when it revealed that spielberg is a master at saying things that are like so someone asked him about the first transformers or asked him about the transformers movies or whatever and he was like what did he say he said um he said, one thing you can say about the Transformers movies is there's, there's nothing else like them, <laughs> which the interviewer hears his praise, but you realize it's such a non-statement. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> and that Spielberg, if you, if you look through some of his interviews, you see other stuff that he's produced where he's, you know, where he's done similar things. But it is amazing yeah, I mean, how many filmmakers, just as we're talking about, talking about, how many filmmakers sort of want his blessing – you know because michael bay wanted you know clearly has spielberg involved with transformers um jj abrams desperately wants to be the new i
0: I think i think what what she meant to say was jj the next steven spielberg abrams sorry sorry
1: matt is
2: trying to say (laughs) something though yeah um executive producer of sequest
1: oh my gosh he's involved (laughs) with sequest
2: (laughs) you
0: know what i bet he's the one that got roy scheider
1: I bet. I bet he directed yeah. episodes, uh, like,
2: secretly. Yeah. yeah, he's a executive producer of Sequest, um, the Casper movie. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Twister, Men in Black. Uh, wow. I mean, I, I'm only reading, like, one. I'm scrolling through 50 while I'm reading these. Um, there was, obviously, they're Saving Private Ryan, Mascazoro, Deep Impact. Hey, um yeah. the, The Haunting, he was uncredited as executive producer for The Haunting, Um, (laughs) Shrek, uh, Band of Brothers, I mean, it just goes on and on and on.
0: I mean, it's just endless. You know, it's interesting, it says here that he's an executive producer on Monster House, which is a movie that was written by Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It just you know in like just to get it back into all this is that you is that he is um he's touched everything it seems um yeah. he's had an impact on he's had he's had just a profound impact on popular movie culture and really if i have still yet to watch the show, but i mean you look need to look no further than stranger things, oh yes, to see precisely what kind of impact he has had because it's clearly that's clearly from what i've from what i have seen of the show is a show created by people like our age who grew yeah, up the duffer brothers yeah who grew up watching a bunch of vhs stuff from amblin and and also awesome. read
0: a lot of stephen king it yeah. really is like the one thing we've always wanted to see which is steven spielberg and stephen king working together on a movie and it would probably be stranger things <laughs> yeah um, That's actually a pairing. I'm, I'm, I'm pairing. I'm actually really surprised it hasn't happened. To be honest,
2: uh, um, I, I, uncredited, uncredited, executive producer Harry and the Hendersons. Oh my gosh, I love that, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so, basically is anything exploited. universal.
1: So let me let me ask you, JP um, and Matt, I guess too. But I, I'm sure JP, you know more about this. Um, so we've we, we've looked at it, obviously his his what we what he, how he has impacted us and whatnot. Um, he's getting ready to. He's getting ready to wade into the waters of nostalgia with Ready Player One. Right. What are your, what are your initial thoughts on, on, what, on, on that right there? Because uh, I get the sense that there's some wariness around it because it seems to just be a nostalgia thing.
0: Right. Well, okay. First of all,
1: <clears throat> did
0: I tell you guys about uh, my Twitter adventure a couple weeks ago?
1: No, probably not, no.
0: Yeah, I don't think I did. I posted something on Twitter uh, as a response to the uh, to the backlash of the Ready Player One Comic Con footage and his quote. Um, he was quoted as saying, "Like I wanted to make a movie where people are watching something and can say, hey, I remember that.'" And everyone made fun of him for it. <laughs> um, so I, I I I took to Twitter and I and once all these hot takes. I was reading all these these hot takes and these think pieces and you know all these things about steven spielberg that i was not agreeing with i just decided to tweet out uh i need everyone on twitter to know that they are not smarter than steven spielberg
1: <laughs> and just <laughs> off the cuff that's the title of our episode by the way you are not smarter than steven spielberg go ahead <laughs> just
0: off the cuff you know and uh i, I kind of have matt to thank because because of him uh, I'm I'm followed on Twitter by a movie critic named Movie Bob.
2: Yeah, I remember I remember when he followed you and you almost had a heart attack.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Movie Bob has a significant following, uh, and he retweeted that tweet that I made, and he and uh, it really made the rounds. And I actually ended up getting retweeted by a lot of film critics. Oh. Um, especially people like Matt Zoller, uh, Matt Zollers who is uh, Roger Ebert's—he's uh, pretty much filling in for Roger Ebert on RogerEbert.com—and uh, apparently a lot of people agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question, I am excited about it. I didn't like the—I didn't like the book. Uh, I actually couldn't finish it. I read halfway through it and I stopped reading because I thought it was kind of lame. But the reason why I'm excited is because uh, Steven Spielberg. When you think about his adaptations like Jurassic Park or Jaws, the best things about those movies don't come from the books. Yeah. I mean, I'm one hundred percent going to give him a chance and I'm excited to see it. And and you know, I saw I saw the trailer, I saw the footage. And yeah, sure, they're they're tugging in those nostalgia this nostalgic, nostalgia strings. But you know what, man? If Steven Spielberg can't make a good movie out of Ready Player One, nobody can. You know, I I, I get the frustration because we're, I know a lot of people are really sick of <clears throat> nostalgia and that's basically all that book is. Um, but like, but I, I still think there's a good movie in there if he's directed.
2: I mean,
1: I know we've talked about nostalgia on this podcast before I, I, and I, you know, our, our kind of, I think our, if, if I remember our conversations about this is that nostalgia in and of itself is not a problem. It's when nostalgia is just, like you said, it's like, oh, I remember that. Then that's all it is. It's just there to kind of be a safety blanket to make you feel warm and fuzzy yeah. um, rather than, you know, I like, I mean, I, I mean, there's, 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 there are ways, I think, to play with nostalgia and to, and to use what we think is, what we, you know, to kind of get us familiar with something, but then to sort of subvert it a little bit or introduce something new through what we're comfortable with. Um, but that being said, man, like, we got North Korea threatening nuclear war. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe seeing a movie where the Iron Giant shows up isn't a terrible thing.
0: That's sort of the kind of the point of the story in the book was that, like, the world is in such a horrible state. That's sort of why everyone's reverting to all the nostalgia.
1: Yeah. So it's, so it's, it, it, it is apropos of the time. Yeah. Um, well, I know that we are that we 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 we, we are looking at having a, a shorter episode tonight. Um, so I believe we um, this, this we have we are at time. Oh really? Yeah. Um, this is a fifty minute episode. Um, <laughs> fifty minutes of recording. Um, so just get, let's Gosh. give us about maybe five minutes or so of just wrap up about our. Non-creatively titled series on creators. What do is there, do we have anything we want to we want to say? Let's I, you know, scrap. Sorry, Matt, if you if you if you've been thinking of something to say, I was going to say let's just scrap that entirely, and let's just say really quickly, if we can think of it, and then we'll end the episode. Is okay. one one Spielberg shot that stands out?
0: I already got one. And I can't even really describe why it stands out to me. Like, I I could I could try Um, my favorite shot. uh, It's in it's an E.T. And it is the last shot in the entire movie. So it kind of after the the spaceship flies away, it cuts to like a series of of shots of like the different characters looking up with what's called the Spielberg face. You guys remember the Spielberg face? No, it's what's it's usually looking up. A light shining down on on the character's face, uh, mostly in their eyes to kind of give them that sparkle. And it's sort of a shock, a a, a look of amazement or shock or horror. And uh, it's mostly red to the eyes. Anyway, so it cuts to a series of shots of different characters. But they're all like profile shots and they're usually more than (laughs) one character in that single shot. But then it, it focuses, it cuts to Elliot. And instead of being a profile, it is like, it's like straight on towards him and he's looking up. And like the fog is swirling all around him, and the wind is blowing against his face, his hair is blowing, and he has this look on his face, sort of like it, like he he's now like confident. At the beginning of the movie, he's like this kind of squealing brat, yeah. But at the end of the movie, you know he has he's gone to this amazing adventure, and it's just a really beautiful shot. And it's like and John Williams' score is like is really swelling, He's, like dun 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 dun, and then it just smashes the black. And uh, I love it. I love it. I put it in my my dumb little uh, movie montage thing I made a couple years ago.
1: Okay, oh, I remember that. I think it was fun. I will say my there's two shots for me that really stick out, um, and for no particular reason, they just is um, one that Matt's going to love is the sequence um, in Jaws when you're going to steal mine when um, it's the it's actually the first time you see the shark
2: and yep, it's stole
1: that, it the, from under the underwater shot. In the in the uh, drink.
2: Uh, no, maybe not. I'm
1: talking about the sequence where um, where there's a, there's a woman, she's painting, and then she yells "shark!" There's a shark in the lagoon or whatever, and there's this guy. It's when uh, it's when Brody's kid almost gets eaten. Oh, okay. And the the boat gets capsized, and the guy's trying to swim back onto his boat, and then there's this top down shot, and you <laughs> see the shark it's under the murky water, go for yeah. the guy, and it's the first time you see the shark in the movie it's horrifying and it is such a i remember seeing it and just being blown away that that was done in 75 that yeah because the the water's
0: kind of glassy right it's a little glassy
1: and they managed to pull that shot off because it seemed because considering how like problematic the shark was i've always just thought that that was such a cool haunting shot um (laughs) But but then, Matt's like that shot is horrible but the the uh <laughs> yeah, the other...
2: I'm, not, I'm not talking to
1: either of you. <laughs> <laughs> but the the other one that the, the other one for me that will always I think to me is a very definitive shot when I think of a Spielberg movie, and maybe it's not that definitive, but it's the one that I go to is the Tyrannosaurus Rex roaring yeah. after it has destroyed the jeep, and it's that shot oh. where it roars and then it cuts to the control center. Yeah, that 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 shot. I just it, it's very brief. It's just that, but it it is always. I thought you
0: were talking about the the time he roars inside the visitor center after he kills his velociraptor. Yeah, when, the,
2: when the banner falls. Oh, the triumphant she, one.
1: Yeah, like... no i i i love I love that one. Like, right after it breaks out and it roars, and then right before it cuts to the command center. I guess it's yeah that 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 whole. It's when you realize everything is going south. Fast in that park. And yeah. I just, it, it, there's so much going on in that there's no music in that sequence. It's just the raw power of this dinosaur. It's unbelievably, or it, it's amazingly believable that this animatronic, because I don't think it's a CGI shot. I think it's actually the animatronic. Yeah, it's, a giant Winston, animatronic. it's the giant animatronic. the San Winston yeah. dinosaur in the pouring rain. And it's like that moment to me is when. I believed I was looking at an actual Tyrannosaurus Rex being filmed on, right. on screen. And so I, I, did, I, love, I love that shot. I love – so those are my two. Matt.
2: All right. Um, and I'll, I'll probably have to leave you with these because my connection is awful and I keep losing you anyway. Okay. Um, but my least favorite, <laughs> probably because he, he did it so well that I hate him for it, um, is Chumming the Water.
0: Oh, my God. I love Hi. That. And
2: legendary yeah uh that's that's yeah that's my nightmare <laughs> images guys right there um the shark comes up out of the water yeah nope can't do it uh, don't like it um and then i would argue i have most definitive and then my personal favorite i would argue most definitive shot is the t-rex foot oh yeah, stepping into the mud oh yeah um, But my all-time favorite is the cup of water. Yeah, I love the lingering shot on the cup of water and the ripples on the dashboard of the car before the T-Rex makes his first real appearance, and and that—that's it right there. And that evokes Jaws.
1: I mean, that evokes Jaws in a sense where yes, the presence water
2: is evil. Yep.
1: But that sense of the presence—the presence. (laughs) Sorry, the presence is is more more frightening than shown yeah, yeah. like yeah, the arrows instead of the thing yeah.
2: and yeah. Yeah, yeah it brings me back to um a discussion i had with jp who thought that i was wrong and i had to prove to him that i was right that um alfred hitchcock always talked about that the scariest thing is what's not seen um it's oh. it's the the idea of what we don't see is scarier than what we do yeah and that to me is why jaws is like the greatest horror movie ever is because of how little we see the shark um which is what terrifies me when i'm at the beach swimming is the idea of what i don't see not the idea of what i know is there um and then it goes back, like you said, with T-Rex and that cup of water sitting on a dashboard. The idea of knowing what's coming, but not where it's coming from. Uh, yeah, it's just, that's terrifying to me. And, and you know, the, the, the terrifyingness doesn't end there. <laughs> it also, like,
0: when Tim looks through the night vision glasses and the goat's gone. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And the mm-hmm. chain is swinging. You know, it's mm-hmm. things like that. And, like, that also, like, Close Encounters, the scene you were talking about, Chuck, Close Encounters where it's like the screws coming yeah. and done or like she runs outside and the clouds are just like going away. And you're like, well, lady, what are you running after?
2: <laughs> right.
0: And you know, like, what do you think you're running after?
2: And I, I really do. I, I have to believe that Spielberg knew um, what he was doing with my, my, Least favorite movie, again, Jaws. Guys, it's horrible. Don't ever watch it. It's an (laughs) awful movie that should vanish from existence. Um, Because it's incredibly perfect. That's why it's awful (laughs) and should not be watched. Um, But I I, I have to believe that he knew when he was making what is my favorite, Jurassic Park, um, he played on the same thing with the T-Rex, is how long before we saw it. Um, how we knew it was this this thing out there and something to be terrified of and they kept like teasing us with the idea that the t-rex is going to be there um but he it's yeah no i i have i just have to believe he went back to the jaws thing and didn't show us the the monster that was lurking right around the corner until it was terrifying and too late there has to be a
0: correlation, like, because in Jaws, the first time you kind of see the shark is when he bites a dude's leg off, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. the first
0: thing you see in the T-Rex is, is a lamb leg falling on the top of the car.
2: <laughs>
0: a leg of lamb. Which is a jump scare, by the way.
1: Yep. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, JP, for, for Spielberg, for, for us to talk about Spielberg
0: you're welcome there is so much I, more I want to talk about i could talk about poltergeist for like three hours
2: yeah, yeah. We, that, this just might be our episode next week ladies and gentlemen so <laughs> tune in.
1: yeah so, so all right well jp do you want to take us home
2: father chuck thank you
1: you're welcome
0: matt wells thank you you're so welcome and audience thank you so much for listening uh be sure to tune in or uh, press play on the podcast thingy next week Uh, Have a wonderful week and good journey.
1: Good journey.